0: So yeah so good morning everybody uh jumping right in here with mark coke from ride nature out of based out of florida but i know you guys travel all over everywhere you know this is a, a great opportunity for me I've, I've heard so much about you and it's kind of like the man the myth the legend thing going on right now so to, to have you on zoom um
1: yeah dude yeah zoom i was excited to be on here man and i know I've had uh, some of my close friends on the same podcast as well, so thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super stoked that that we could be a part of this and and get to do this together. And uh, it, with the format of of uh, the Faith in the Past Life podcast, like so, we don't really script anything. So, man, it's just we're just here to hear about you and your story hmm. and what God has done in your life and how Mark ended up coming from a, a before, but when. Um, Vic was the one that was really pushing me. He's like, "Man, you got to check this out because all the things you're Hmm. talking about doing right here in Pueblo, like that's what Mark's doing in Florida. Like you gotta, you gotta connect with this guy. Like, um, so just stoked to be here, man. And and uh, you know, following the social media and everything else, like you guys are doing it big, man. It's awesome. Like it's it's uh, kingdom inspired, and it's just you're you're doing big things for the kingdom. So, man, let's just break right into it, dude. Like tell me tell me your story." Yeah, man. So, um, I grew up in Ohio. Um,
1: my dad was a pastor. He retired a couple years ago after, uh, almost 40 years as a senior pastor of a church and not just church. He was at a few different churches in those 40 years, but, um, born and raised in Ohio. Uh, my parents got me a little mini bike, I think when I was like maybe seven and, and super short story with that, like I had wanted one so bad. I was like, I want a mini bike. I want a mini bike. I grew up with three younger sisters. And the one sister I had that was three years younger than me, she was like, I want a mini bike too. Um, on Christmas morning, bro, I walk downstairs from our house. I look in, you know, our living room and dude, they're sitting like these two mini bikes that my dad built. And I was like, yes, dude. I'm like so hyped as a kid. And my sister's like, what is it? And she had like asked for it too, but she didn't even know what she said, what <laughs> she just wanted it because that's what I wanted. But I started riding like that mini bike at seven. And then at 12, um, my parents got me a little KX 80 two stroke, which was really fast bro for a little 80, that thing would rip. And then I kept riding dirt bikes for a while. And then, um, my parents ended up moving to Florida uh, when I was 21 and really uh, my testimony is, I mean, from eight, I would, I do, my parents are awesome, man. My dad's amazing, Right, still rides dirt bikes, rides motorcycles, great family, love the Lord. But man, the moment that I got out of the house and got a taste of freedom um, I kind of derailed a little bit. Um, I would say I didn't necessarily walk away from my faith, but I just like pushed the Lord aside, you know, and from really 18 to 21, um, road tripped all around America, spent some time in California, ended up living in Colorado for a year and was teaching snowboard lessons out there. And um, my parents called me there, okay, like, hey, we're moving to Florida. You got to come pack up your stuff at our house. I had a, um, a 1986 short school bus, like this little, uh, like a short bus for kids that I had fixed up into like a little party wagon. Like, and it was like real ghetto. Back then it's like, this would have been, Bro, this would have been in 2005. So I was like, this is before flat screen TV. So I had like a giant TV that was like weighed like 200 pounds that was like mounted in there. It was real cool. So anyway, I had that and I had a 1964 Chevy Impala that uh, were parked at their house. And so those were like the two big items that my parents are like, what do you want us to do with these? And so I ended up leaving Colorado. I finished that car over the summer and I sold it for a decent amount of money. And I sold, sold the short bus. And and bro, for the first time in those in those three years, the Lord was like, Mark, you need to make a decision on what side of the fence you're going to be on with your faith, you know? Like, I would tell people I was a believer, and I would probably even share the gospel, but I was like, that whole year in Colorado, I was teaching snow I was smoking weed every day, I was drinking, you know, like, maybe not, I wasn't like as crazy as some people out there, but I definitely just like jumped in with what everyone else was doing, um, and, and in hindsight, man, looking back at it, I'm like, look, thank you for your grace, that you spare me of all these consequences of all the negative things that could have happened in that time that like, right. um, uh, the, really the, the biggest negative consequence that I experienced was just emptiness, you know, is that I was literally well, living, living at the base of a mountain and employee housing. I have to walk like 50 yards to the lift. I was riding every day, had the easiest job and it just was like, this is it. You know, I, I didn't feel satisfied. And so at 21, the, um, really felt the spirit just saying like all right you got to choose are you all in or you all out and i was like i'm all in and so i had i had a decent amount of money in the bank and i was like i think i need to go back to school i had i had only finished two years of college and so um i i ended up applying to this small christian college in ohio where i had grown up my parents actually went to the same school and it was it was a nazarene college my um That? um my dad was a Nazarene pastor, and so that's how I got a pretty good scholarship for being in on the uh, uh the that denomination or whatever so I ended up going going to that school and um man kept snowboarding I started snowboarding when I was young right around twelve when I got that dirt bike uh, I think I would have been fifth grade my mom was. I had those younger sisters I had, she was trying to decide if she wanted to keep us in public school or start to homeschool us. And so it was like my other, one of my sisters was about to start first grade or something. And she was going to homeschool her. And she's like, Hey Mark, do you want to get homeschool too? And I had just gotten that dirt bike and we had 15 acres. And my dad had built a couple little, little jumps, And I was like, you mean I can just stay home and ride my dirt? I was like, yeah, for sure. So I got, I got homeschooled fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And in the midst of that, like the PE class each year, uh, my mom got us this little uh, season pass at this small little ski resort in Ohio called Snow Trails. She would take us there every Wednesday and just drop us off. And then she would sit in the lodge and and literally every Wednesday throughout the winter, starting at 12 to, or right around there, maybe. I just snowboard every week and uh, lap the terrain park and um, yeah, man, I think grew, grew my love for the Lord. So anyway, and in hindsight, so then 20, 20, uh, when I was 21, God sends my family to Florida. I go back to college praying about what the Lord wants me to do. Um, I'm kind of floundering a little bit because I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And everyone's like, you should just be a pastor like your dad. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to be a pastor. I was like, I want to do ministry. And then I hear somebody talk at one point about Japan and how there was like less than 3% Christians in the whole country. And how there's many places in Japan you could say the name Jesus and they wouldn't know if you're talking about a person, a place, or a thing. Like, no, never heard the name. And in and, and my mind growing up, like reading Trans World, and I was just like, dude, Japan has good snowboarding. And I was like, dude, what <laughs> if I was a missionary to Japan? Like, in my mind, I was like, this would be the dream job. So I started thinking more about global missions. And and that really, I think, the Lord sort of that in my mind. Uh, so I ended up graduating college. I had the plan. I had a little bit of student loan. So I was going to go actually to Korea to teach English as a second language. And uh, I had a someone I knew that went and did it and they paid. They paid pretty good. In okay, case so anybody's listening to this, you just have to have a bachelor's degree and be able to speak English. That's their only requirement. <laughs> and they'll pay you like 30 grand a year and they pay for all of your housing, food, everything. So you can walk away one year pretty much saving almost 30,000 bucks. So I was like, I'm going to go do that. In that meantime, uh, my wife, now my wife, uh, was going to school with my sister, and she was about to graduate in December, and she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate school, and she was like, you should talk to my brother, he's going to Korea, and we ended up starting dating, instead of just talking about Korea, and we never ended up going to Korea, (laughs) we ended up just getting married, and uh, ended up starting Ride Nature soon after that, man, we both had... We Both had a heart for missions. Um, her uncle worked real closely with Billy Graham, um, with, with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and he uh would help plan all the crusades in North America. And so, we, we had reached out to him, we were like, Hey, could we work with you know Billy Graham, or could we? We want, actually really wanted to work with Samaritan's Purse, which they do this thing called Operation Christmas Child. Mm-hmm. They put together shoeboxes, they go out to kids, and I was like, Man, this would be really rad to work with them, and uh they were like, yeah, we would love, you know, we would love to hire you guys on. Like we interviewed with them pretty much. got offered a position and, but for some reason, man, the Lord just didn't give us a piece about it. We were just like, man, like, this is like what we would love to do. It felt like God was saying not right now or not the right timing. And truly, man, the story of how how Red Nature All came together is I was working for a roofing company doing, doing sales and i was driving home. And I legitimately was like, God, like, what the heck, you know, like, here, here we are. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live the life that you've called me to. And here I am like ready to do whatever you want me to do. But like, tell me what you want me to do. Like, we'll go and do whatever you want. But you want us to move to like Iraq, we'll go. And my wife is on the exact same page. Like, we were just like, Lord, just give us vision. And the Lord, like, right then in that moment was just like, I want you to use the things that I've given you a passion for, for ministry and for missions. And so I was like praying and like, dude, that's only one of the few times I feel like the Lord is just like so clearly spoken to me. It's not like, like, I know some people I have close friends who like they hear from God all the time like that. Like that was new for me. And, and I, it was kind of like, I don't know if it's specifically he was saying this, but I just felt it in my heart of like, dude, take what you were wanting to do with operation Christmas child and Samaritan's first and just do it with skateboarding and surfing. And so this idea of getting to give kids this gift, but then introduce them to Jesus and then build relationships and disciple them. And so I come home and I'm like, hey, Shan, I think we're supposed to start this action sports ministry. And she was just like, what? Like, She's like, you want to start something? And I was just like, I don't know. I think so. I was like, I think this would be really, really cool. And I was like, later that day or maybe the next day, I'm reading in Romans where it says, uh, God has made himself evident through his divine creation so that no man is without excuse. And I don't know, did that word, that name just ride right, nature popped in. I was like, dude, how dope that we just get to like ride the creation that God has given us. And I was like, that'd be a cool name. I was like, it's not super Christian-y and it's kind of incognito. And, and bro, that was it, man. 2009 is when that all happened. And uh, we're, still, we're still learning, but it's been, you know, gosh, 12 years since awesome. since 12 years 12 years and no- it was november of 2009 so almost exactly 12 years probably close to the day that um that the lord gave us that vision and so really i mean the heart of, of what we're doing is really just to share the gospel with kids really i would say it's not just evangelism and that's a huge part of it but really saying how do we train up and equip leaders to make disciples through action sports and uh, and 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 do we we early on in the ministry probably within a couple months we we're like let's use the tagline to the ends of the earth from maximum eight and uh and then the lord and then the lord again he definitely spoke to me at this time too i'm reading it one day and it's like and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and to the ends of the earth and he was like you you got to be the, the the witnesses in jerusalem and judea you know too you can't just go to the ends of the earth and and that was after we did um Pretty much soon after we felt like the Lord was giving us a vision, we are like, let's just go check out a few different places, a few different countries. And so we went and visited some people in Nicaragua and then in Peru and then Mexico, all within three months. And um, and it worked out really good, man, because we had gotten some money from be- getting married and we just spent all of our wedding <laughs> money. Like I think we had like maybe 8000 bucks to our name when we first got married. And within like six months, it was like, 50 bucks in our bank account and we were like maybe we should start raising some raising some money not just spending our own money but um bro even I, even from the beginning I was just like dude I, I don't want to tell people what I'm gonna do and ask people to give me money I was like dude we got to like do it and then tell people what we're doing you know like I think so many times people have like these amazing ideas and they're like oh yeah I want to do this give me money so that I can do this and I'm just like dude I want to just do it and then if people want to get excited and give, then dope. Like they can do that. Boy. Um so right. yeah, dude. So we uh, did those trips, and it's crazy, man. Things it's grown. It's grown a lot in twelve years, um, in a good way. So. so,
0: so from the start of those trips, like that was the beginning of Ride Nature right I mean, that,
1: yeah, okay no i never finished telling that story so we do those trips and then the lord's just like you got to do something in your own community i'm like it can't be like just going on trips you know it, like seems so lame Now thinking at it, i'm like dude i was like it seems so foolish that i even thought that that was like a good idea and i would go to the skate park and i was like surfing if ever there was waves um and so and so the next time i went to the park i started asking kids i was like i'm just gonna be real awkward and make things weird i don't even care and I just remember, like, going up to a few kids and be like, hey, you guys believe in heaven and hell? Like, do you believe in God? And they were like, yeah, I guess, you know. And, um, and these are, like, younger kids, like 12, 13-year-olds, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, so you do believe in heaven. You believe in God. I was like, how do you get to heaven? Like, if you believe heaven's real, how do you get there? And they were like, ah, uh, I don't know, go to church. And one kid goes, well, no, like, legitimately, one kid goes, uh, put money in the offering, give money. And I'm like, you really think that you have to give money to get to heaven, you know? And I'm just like, how much money I started asking? i like, how much money do you have to give? How often do you have to give? What if you give like a dollar short, you know? And, and so I asked him, I'm like, Hey, would you guys be down if we did a Bible study here at the skate park? Like if we just hang out, chill. And, and there was like two of them that were like, yeah, I'm in. And so it's, that's how it started in our community. And, and I probably like, went there every week for like maybe, I don't know, a few months. And it was just those two kids. And then it started to grow. And then around this time, I was like, we were starting to plan more trips. And I was like, well, it's going to be hard to do trips and still keep meeting with these kids if we're traveling. And so we made a post on social media that, hey, we were like, I was, like, we're looking for interns. And I'm like, I didn't even know what an intern was. I just needed help, you know. And I was like, we need some people to come work with us and um we had three guys within one month reach out to that knew each other and another one that didn't and they all moved to florida and um and dude we just did life together like it was like my wife we we definitely weren't raising enough money or even hardly anything i think that first year we might have raised total through the whole organization like five thousand bucks it was like something small so my wife was she was teaching school as a school teacher and um I just hung with those three dudes every day and like we just like literally did life together, went to the skate park um a couple nights of the week, the Bible says with kids, and we just literally were like, How do we get crap donated so we can bring it overseas to kids? So we were calling companies, telling them that we just wanted to bring surfboards and skateboards to kids in other countries. Um we were working through the process of actually becoming an official nonprofit and and the whole time simultaneously I'm discipling these guys, you know, talking about life and the struggles of life and you know we established some policies like we are like yeah you guys can't drink you can't smoke weed while you're here you know like can't be looking at porn and like setting up some boundaries for them and um dude there were still struggles within that so we just kind of like worked through and talked through it and um after that we're like dude this is really cool like we're not just doing local outreach now but we're also raising up leaders who these guys are like surfers and skaters and snowboards. they're gonna obviously become more godly level or more and go back into the industry or the community, wherever they live. So, like, let's start, let's start promoting this as like a discipleship program that um, we get to just pour into people. And so we had, they stayed for a whole year. The next year we had three or four more people come and um, yeah, dude, now we have, now we have eight interns. We have a guy on staff that's just the intern director and he's discipling them. They do classes five days a week. Actually, in the room that I'm sitting in right now, it's like a little
0: conference room. Um, yeah, dude, it's pretty pretty cool. So all that the um, from a little idea started by thinking you're going to Samaritan's purse, uh, <laughs> and you end yeah. up with all this. And I, I love so I, I love the similarities, and I, I know now why Vic connected us. Right, so uh, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. If, if you listen, the very first episode is my story. And you get the you can get the whole gist of of why and how I'm here, but even like when you brought up like you didn't want to just do something like we've poured this ministry since we started Fast Life. Um yeah. you know same thing. I wanted to have a name that uh I always I call it uh that we're a sheep in wolves clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's Bro, I, like have that's, a, I
1: have that tattoo right
0: here, dude. dude that's the, awesome. The sheep in yeah.
1: wolf's clothing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep, I, I keep saying that constantly. And I have uh uh Sons One, a graffiti artist up in Canada is drawing up a shirt for me. Um of uh do you remember the old cartoons? Are you old enough to remember the cartoons like where the where the wolf would come out of the sheep costume? Totally, dude. Yeah, so yeah. So like I I want to co- cut I want it like that, like where the wolf costume is like yeah, falling off it. the sides and it's the sheep standing there. Pretty
1: sure, dude, that'd be sick.
0: So so very similar with that, right? Like Fast Life we wanted to be able to be Right in the middle of the world of people going like, "What is this? And what's different about this? Why is this oh, this is this is Jesus. this is for gospel sure, yeah. sharing so and, and to the point too, like we didn't like most of all of what's happened with this ministry so far has been our own money coming into it. Like, yeah. there's uh, just recently did I did I I guess get up the courage to go out and ask for donations to build something that we're, that we're doing, and that was hard for me. Like it was hard yeah. for me to go ask other people to give. give well, money bro, just over,
1: I mean, so. as an encouragement, like sustainably long term. Mm-hmm. If God is calling you to do this long term, which I pray He is, it's like it's a privilege and blessing for people to get to be a part of it. And giving is maybe the easiest way for people to do that. Like it's almost like a cop out of like, hey, we need people. People are going to say, oh, can I just give, you know, because right. it's like giving up your time is the hardest. Even the richest people in the world have the same amount of time as the poorest person in the world. It's, um, but there's a book, man, and I'm not like advocating the book is like the greatest book. It's definitely there's things in that I don't like, but we give it to each of our staff now. It's called the God ask. And um, it just is like the biblical principles, the fundraising and just an encouragement to be like, dude, fundraising is a ministry that you get to share and partake in you know you right. see Paul doing it and it's it's 100% uncomfortable and it's not enjoyable and that's because we are prideful men that don't want to be humble and ask, right. you know, like, And it's like even still I'm like dude I don't want to ask for money and it's, it be, it's become easier to ask for money on behalf of others than, than for myself in those early years of being like hey we need money I'm like we don't need money I can just keep working or I can you know hustle or my wife can work and then you're just like, well, that sucks because then I have to always be away from her. We're traveling. She can't come. And now, like, we have three kids now. And um, it's like she can't still work, dude. She's like, we're homeschooling our kids. She's a full-time mom. Like, she got the hardest job out of anybody. And I'm just like, yeah. So, so there was a point where we're like, yeah, we did. And, and the Lord was faithful, man. He, he provided, never, never giving us more than we needed, you know. Like, I'd be praying, like, Lord, just give us a lot of money so we don't have to ask for a while, you know. He never did that, but he, he always did give what we needed. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, just to fill you in, I mean, then I don't I don't know how much you want to talk about like what we are doing now, like big big no, pictures. No, absolutely. But, um, dude, the Lord is, is continuing to refine the vision. I, I would say to give us like super clarity on like what the big, big 20-year picture from now looks like because, dude, 12 years in, people ask me, they're like, are you going to retire from my nature? And I'm like, dude, I really hope so. Like, I think like, what's, what, and I say this, you like, in full, like, humility, like, dude, it's been all the Lord, like, I am, I am a hard worker, for sure, and, like, I would say I'm someone that like, high capacity, like, I can take on a lot of stuff, but it's been, like, the provisions and the miracles have been, for sure, from the Lord, and, um, like, but what's, what it's grown to, what's built is, dude, it's not dependent on me anymore, like, earlier in twenty. 2021 this year like we took a three-month sabbatical walked away no contact with people at the ministry and dude it thrived man like it, nice. it, it, it did great you know and it's like it's rad to think like at any point right now i could say hey i feel like god's calling me to go open up a motorcycle shop or something and literally be like we're going to hire on a new executive director and ride nature they'll lead it and it'll run forever but um we Dude, the, the, the international context have grown to a lot. There's, there's no question. I mean, like this map in the background, it's like, dude, the action sports community is everywhere. Like there's people building skate parks now, like in the Middle East, Jordan and Syria, Iraq. Like we've sent in staff twice now into North Korea. And dude, North Korea has skate parks. And you're just like, dude, like skateboarding, surfing, mountain biking, wakeboarding, motocross. Like dude, those, those, worlds are in almost any country you go to Mm -hmm. into the furthest most like dude i read this article a long time ago in surfer magazine about these kids that were surfing in papua new guinea in like this area where like no white people had ever even gone you know and like they were just surfing on their own and they had made surfboards out of like plywood and stuff and so it's like this community and the harvest is so plentiful like and it's a culture that transcends sports like it's like to like i mean if you're a part of it you know it's just like Dude, you meet somebody that, that serves in Papua New Guinea, you immediately are connected regardless of anything else, you know? And so we're saying, Lord, like how do we have, how do we set up the ability to really train leaders and releasing them in this decentralized movement to where it's not, bro, the last thing we're trying to create is a franchise model where people have right natures all over. We're saying, no, dude, this is just a lifestyle that you have integrated your faith into your passions and you're using your passions as a tool to pour into people's lives and make disciples like the Great Commission. And and so this vision of of creating a movement that is saying to combine your faith into the action sports world and make disciples within it. And so, um, but creating centralized hubs that would be focused on training leaders. And so that's really what Fort Myers is where we're at in Florida. We have like a men's discipleship house, a women's discipleship house, our offices. And then downstairs, we have like this full-blown like retail coffee shop, surf shop, skate shop. That's like popping off. Like if we were to go down there right now, there's probably like 20 people hanging out. But there's, it's, we're, we're able to do it through this space. Like we're cultivating community. And then upstairs, it's like big picture, vision, planning, mission trips. And um, in 2020, last year, we set up our first, you know, like secondary location like that in nicaragua and it's up and running with four full-time staff and we're, we're actually praying about adding some more people to that we need some we need some bilingual spanish english speakers to move to nicaragua so if anyone listens to this no i did i want to move there yeah. reach out but um yeah so uh that's set up in nicaragua and it's really serving central america and the caribbean so everywhere from mexico pretty much to colombia and all of Haiti, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Trinidad, all that, that area. And, um, the hope and prayer man over the next, however, honestly, however long it is for the Lord to make it happen is we're, we're hoping and praying to set up a headquarters like that in Southeast Asia, Europe, Australia, Africa, South America, and then maybe one more in the U S and, um, yeah, dude. And so each of those will kind of operate autonomously focusing on their region and then and then we'll collectively serve one another and try to i mean like dude praise god man we have um like a christian accounting team now who's helping us do a lot of bookkeeping and finances and payroll and stuff and like they're willing to scale that as big as we get so it's like being able to to not have to like a new location doesn't have to re-come up with funding and finance people you know it's like being able to share that resource and being able to have a creative director here at right nature that is serving not just us in florida but could serve any location so you don't have to have it's just like in my mind i'm like dude it will be easy to run a facility if you don't have to think of all the logistics of how to do it you know who's doing designs or who's coming up with your website or whatever and um trying to share those for other people and so that's I mean, obviously the pandemic put a big, in 2019, we were uh, in 15 different countries. And in, in 2019, we we led 22 trips that year. And um, and then the pandemic hit in like almost every country that we were going to close, the border shut down, um, including Nicaragua, like the, the director of Right into Latin America was supposed to move his family in, in March of 2020, like right at the height of the pandemic. And they sold, due to, like such a, I mean, it's a totally Lord thing, but like they sold their home, Quit his job in January, sold their home in February, had tickets to leave in March, and then they didn't get to leave till September, bro. So like from March till September, are literally staying in people's homes, family of five, three little kids, like floating, you know, being like, Lord, like, it's like, why did you do all this and then bring us to this place? And then, and then, dude, like September happens and it's like in there in the perfect timing, man. They were able to get down there And that in that other season, they continued to raise support, which allowed them um actually when they got down there the plan originally was we were going to send every a bunch of people from right nature for like two months to rehab this massive property to fix it all up to do all this work and then like no one else could get into the country so the money that they were able to raise they ended up employing like eight nicaraguans for four months and um pretty much took homeless dudes that were like drunks on the street helped them sober up gave them a job let them sleep in the building and um and then discipled them for the four months bro and all like the dudes are all like part of the bible study now like have gotten real jobs and like it's just cool dude to see how like, that like that would have never happened we would have never hired those guns that like, guys on had the pandemic not happened then we would have been down there too we would as gringos and americans we would have just done all the work ourselves and maybe right. had a couple people helping but it was just hans and a bunch of these nika guys that were like going to town down there dude and
0: Wow. That space is that space is really cool, man. So that's a yeah. Uh, just think about how all this comes about. And the the um, I'm very bad at quoting scripture, but uh, we talk about it often when it says, um, "Train up your kids in the way of the Lord, and when they grow older, they will not stray." Right? Yeah. And so I think back to that because you came up in a in a in a family. You know, your dad's a pastor, right? So like you've been taught all the tools. Like you've been given all of it, you know, the gospel for sure. Um, but at the same time, like you get to that age and you're like, Oh wow, this world looks so cool. Like let's go. Mm-hmm. And you go and you do it. And and I spent most of my time in that world. I didn't come up with the, with the Christian background. Um, yeah. We weren't, we weren't faith based family. Uh, it took me mm-hmm. a long time for that. And a lot of the world got a hold of me and chewed me up and spit me out in many ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you strayed for a little bit, but then you were able to hear him, and he called you back. And now what I love about it, it's, uh, you know, I hope the listeners grab a hold of this, and I hope that they really dig deeper into ride right Nature and all the great things you're doing, because this is even bigger than I, I imagined. Like, I I uh, just hearing what you're able to do, but you're able to take that world, right? And that's what our ministries are about, is we're able to step into this world, and be able to share the gospel yeah. um, the world's not coming to us we you're going yeah. to it you're you're going right into totally. it and you're creating culture, which totally. is so huge in this day and age like that's what all everybody thrives off of is culture, right and you have it like right nature, the coffee shop, the kids hanging out, the discipleship programs all of that is the culture, yeah. and these generations just seem to be seeking it right they're they're yeah. looking for something bigger um in a big way and you're able to be there to give it to him. What an incredible blessing you are, man. So cool, man. Yeah. So man, I mean we we've uh, we've eaten through half an hour like in a in in no time <laughs> flat just hearing the story and I can't wait for all the listeners to get this but um a new a uh, new format that uh, I just kind of prayed on the other day and something came up and I'd like to ask you yeah, you know something that's going on in the world right now that you're struggling with and how are you getting mm-hmm. over it? How are you getting past it? Because it's been on my heart that you know you've been as Christians and believers, like we're all this. There's a lot of craziness going on in the world. You know, what's one thing that's going on in this world right now that you uh, um, that you've struggled with, or are struggling with, or maybe family members struggling with, or something that that you're using the Lord to help you get past?
1: Struggling, I guess. I guess my question would be struggling with like. Uh, like struggling to do the right thing or struggling to be like, dude, I hate this. This is so dumb. Yeah, just,
0: yeah. Any of it. It, it. There's like I said, there's no script to any of this. It's just a thought yeah, process yeah. that I had the other day that, that the, the things go in the world. Like people are talking about vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, you know? For sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's,
1: I, I feel like we're being a dead horse to keep talking about that. Cause it's like every time, what people over at our house I'm like, let's not talk about this anymore, you know? Right. Um, yeah, Wait, I mean, but maybe
0: that's the one thing, right? Like you're tired. The one the one worldly thing that's bugging you is the topic of the vaccinated yeah. or but not it's vaccinated.
1: Not even, it's not even so much the topic. I I dude, I'm all like, I'm all for, bro. You want to get vaccinated? Cool, dude. Get vaccinated. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not vaccinated. My kids aren't. We're not like we're not planning on being vaccinated. We already got COVID. You know, we have we had COVID, we have antibodies for a season, we'll have them, you know? And it's like, people who study, study the vaccine, it's like the vaccine is just putting antibodies in your system and then the antibodies will expire, they'll run out and that's why you have to get a booster shot. So There's like no different, you know? Like So anyway, that's my two cents on it. But like the part that, the part that is bothering me is like, too to the control the, um, the sin that exists in the world of people who are like, no, we're going to force people to do it. You're like, what? Like, what do you mean? The like kids, the kids having to get vaccinated, or, you know, athletes or people were like, I'm real fearful, man, about the idea of like, dude, if I have to get vaccinated to keep traveling, like I probably will do it just to travel. But it's like out of the principle of it, dude, you want to be like, fight the system, you know, like push back. Like, um, the other day, my wife and I, we were in Minnesota and we flew back and it's like we were walking through the airport and there was no signs anywhere that said you had to keep your mask on. Maybe there were, there probably were. But we were like looking around and we we're like, dude, there's everybody wearing a mask, Like, right? And like, so we just pulled down like to our chin and she was like, my wife's like, see if you can find anyone else that doesn't have the mask up. And she's like the ultimate rule follower. Like I'm the <laughs> exact opposite, you know? I'm like, dude, I hate rules. And so we're looking around doing like the whole airport, like not a single person. We're like, dude, how is the world so obedient? You know, like we were like, yes, yes. So dude, where am I? You know? Yeah. With this, exactly. With this, with the rest of the crap in the world, no one is. And, you know, it's like, people are like, I don't know. So I don't I really, I wouldn't say I'm not really struggling, you know, with it. It's just, a, it's just a weird season. And just like, we're just like, man, like what is happening? And, um,
0: so to, the, so to the root of this, like with with, with this being a thing, and it's, it's a sore topic with all of us, and you and I stand sure. exactly the same. Like I, I see yeah, people yeah. at the airports wearing like literally hazmat suits, and I'm going, yeah. oh, God, help them. Please, Lord, yeah. just, just speak to them. So with that, that frustration that comes out when all of us talk to it, how are you using God? How are you using his word to get Bro, past this that? Because that that, that's good. the one.
1: Because I would say this. Um, someone told me this early on, right at the height of the pandemic. And they were like, you know, what I'm realizing is, and they said this to me, because at the beginning I was kind of opinion, I was like way more opinionated than now. They were like, is that my opinion doesn't really matter. And, um, I was like, dude, when they said that to me, I was like, dude, I'm going to just stop saying my opinion about so much stuff. Cause maybe people don't want to hear it or maybe it doesn't really matter. And so, and so honestly, I feel like what the voters has taught me and has continued to teach me is is that my opinion doesn't, shouldn't affect the love I have for other people. If Someone wants to get vaccinated. If someone's pro vaccine, it's like, dude, we might have these major differences in opinions, but it's like, I'm still called to love them. You know, I'm still called to, to see them as God sees them and to not let that affect it. And so I think, yeah, I think that um, ironically, I feel like the world is more unified than it ever has been because it's like, everyone's like, Provax, I feel like every country in the world is like everyone will be vaccinated. And you're like, how did? How are you right. all on this exact same page? But yet, it's also more divided than it's ever been because they there's been a stake put in the middle of the road. And people are like, what side are you on? Are you pro-vax? Or are you not vax? You know, or like, are you for the mask? Are you not for the mask? And so it's like these massive things that now. It's almost like the world is unified, but in two different you know, quadrants where you've got these people and these people, but they're like just biting and butting heads. And so really, I think like where I don't want to be and what the Lord is definitely, I feel like not calling any Christians to be is the ones that are biting and butting heads with people nonstop, know. you know, creating controversy, and, and, you know, so um, not just that love. at some ways, man, I do think, dude, like in some ways we do have to stand up for our rights and for our freedom and defend things like the constitution where I'm like, yeah, dude, like we don't just lay down. That's, that's literally how communism started in Romania and Germany, you know, like people that like started to get their freedoms taken away and they're like, all right, whatever, I guess this is it. And the next thing you know, it's like, it's the Holocaust. And like, I read, um, the book by Richard Warmbrand, Tortured for Christ, which is an amazing book, dude. Like all of his stuff is so good. And he started the ministry Voice of the Martyrs, which is like, dude they're like legit if anything happens to right nature i'm definitely going to work with those guys <laughs> um but but he he writes and tortured for christ like a warning to america to not let communism creep in and dude as you literally like are reading and i'm like dude this is what we're happening. this is we're experiencing this right now it's happened like freedoms being taken away people being told what to do you know like deception and media like all these things and you're just like dude it's kind of scary, you know, in some ways. Right. But, um, yeah. But at you're the so end funny.
0: of the day, he keeps telling you to love. like, And that that's Man. the point of that. I, I don't want to get off on, like, a rant and, and get on people's views. Like, every one of us has certain things and certain things that bug us, certain things we're struggling with in the world. And that's, I think, what uh, what I was trying to get at with that, is that For what sure. is that struggle and ultimately when you're in that, What's God telling you? How's he helping you through that? Totally. And you just said it. It's love, right? It's, it's Man, love. one
1: thing, one thing that the Lord definitely continues to teach me. And this is not recent. This has been a long time now. Um, is that the Lord doesn't need me. You know, like I'm not needed and the Lord is using me, but it's him who's doing the work. And it's like, dude, what a freeing thing that the weights off our shoulders. Like I'm, I'm definitely a big picture Big time dreamer, visionary, and so you start talking. About, oh yeah, Leslie, like we want to set up all these headquarters, and we've got to raise money, and we've got to cast the vision and find people. And dude, I can so quickly go into like grind mode where I'm like not sleeping and like put my kids to bed. And I'm like, all right, I got to like email 400 people or something ridiculous. And then you're just kind of like, I go back to the, the passage where Paul says, "I planted the seed of Paulus, watered it." He said, "But God makes it grow." And he said, neither he who plants or he who waters is anything. And I'm like, that's me. I'm the one that planting and watering and I'm nothing. He says, only God, but only God that makes the, you know, gives the growth. And so, um, yeah, dude, like I just, and I have to fight that. That's an internal battle for me all the time. Cause I like, I like to work, you know, it's like enjoyable for me. I like to be creative and create and like, through right nature, having the freedom to say, "Dude, let's just create rad stuff," you know. Like we put out a magazine last year called The Pursuit Collective, and it's like a hundred, over a hundred-page magazine of stories of what God's doing around the world, and it's like super well done. Like it's rad, and we're putting out another one. We're gonna do it every year as an annual, annual volume, and so that's called The Pursuit Collective. We did a film project with Francis Chan a while back called The Purpose Film. Uh, Two years ago, we filmed, we took a filmer on or a couple of filmers on 11 international trips and we did this whole like documentary series called To The Ends. And it's like 11 episodes of like 15 minute films. And they're like super rad. Like I'm like, like, and it's like, I love doing that stuff. And I'm like, I will literally like, I hope I get to keep making fun things like that forever. But I'm like, dude, Lord, you don't need those projects. Like you, like the rocks will cry out if we don't share who you are, you know? Um, he's using them. And I feel like it's definitely like those projects were things that we felt like the Lord put on our heart to do. It was like, those were ideas from, from him, but praying through, like we share this with our team that a good idea and a God idea look real similar, even down to the spelling, you know, just one letter different. And so really trying to decipher, all right, Lord, what is from you and what is just from our creative brains that are trying to churn up these cool ideas for ways to like make you famous. Like you don't know the best way to do it
0: already. So, right. um, yeah. yeah. Well, with that being said, we have the new world do. And then the one thing I, I, the one thing I always ask at the end is what's the one thing that you want to leave the listeners with today? Hmm. One, one quick message that they'll stick with them and hopefully carry with them forever.
1: Good. Uh, this isn't from me, but this is from someone else. So the guy that we work with in Ethiopia, he um, was struggling. He wanted to do something like with his life, didn't know what he was supposed to do. And his mom, who is rad lady, she reminded him of the story of Moses and was like, dude, Moses did all these miracles and parted the Red Sea because God gave him a staff and used that staff. And she asked Israel, she was like, what's your staff? And he, she said, he says when he shares a story, and this will actually be in, the, we wrote this story out in the last, in the next volume of that magazine. But um, he says, when she's asking that question, he knew right away his staff was his skateboard. Mm. And that one skateboard, he like dude, that was what my staff was. And so I guess like the takeaway for everybody listening is like, dude, what is your staff? You know, what is the thing that, dude, it doesn't have to be action sports. It could be art, music, a guitar, you know, it could be it could be your fingers that you, you, God's calling you to be a writer. You know, and tell stories. It could be camera. Uh, it could just be you being a good worker. Whatever it is, but like, what is your staff? And dude, like, God is going to use it, man, um, to do great things for His glory. And um, and so it's like the mission that we're doing is not just for us; it's for everybody. And it's like, yeah, we might be using Action Sports, but it's like, dude, to the person that loves soccer or basketball it's like bro go do the exact same thing go to the basketball court go to the soccer field and say hey you guys know about god (laughs) you know start to ask people that question do you know jesus you know like in america most people are gonna say yes but like do they really know him you know and it's pretty evident if you're a real believer if you're a real christian dude you you will know real quickly who does and who doesn't and uh, the moment someone's like they like, we'll go to answer and they have like a 10 second pause. You're like, I already know the answer too. Like, if you can't tell me in confidence, like someone walks up to me and they're a stranger and they say, hey, do you know Jesus? Dude? I'm gonna be like, yeah, dude, for sure. Like, I'm gonna be, like, in reality, it's like, how many times have you ever been asked that question by right. a stranger? Yeah. Or me? Dude, hard, like I'm 37 years old. I think I can remember maybe two times my entire life, someone's witnessed to me that was a stranger, you know, like two times. And so it's just like, Nobody's doing it, you know, like you just go up to a stranger. Like I've never I've been on hundreds of airplanes. I've never sat next to anybody who's ever asked me, Hey, do you know the Lord? Are you a Christian? And I'm like, dude, I'm waiting to be like, Hey dude, I'm so proud you're the first person to ever ask me that on an airplane, you know? <laughs> and I and I will, and what's funny is like, I can be a total hypocrite because I've asked that people, I've asked people that question, but not on every flight. Like there's, there's flights. I just was on one dude that as soon as that plane took off, they had a TV dude. I was like, boom, like straight into watching the movie. And, um, yeah, dude, we just, we get so distracted by the things of this world, you know, that Satan is using media, TV, social media, like phones. That's like, we forget the mission and it's like right around us. So,
0: um, no. I love it, man. This has been awesome. So uh, thankful. How uh, listeners can get a hold of you guys? What are they? Where do they follow? Where do they subscribe? What do they do?
1: Yeah. So um, ride nature is the website, and um, same on social media platforms versus ride nature, and um, we have a bunch of other like like I said the to the I mean it's on the website on, you'll find it on ride Nature.org, but to the ends film is that film series to the ends film, and that's on YouTube. Um, yeah, dude. So, I mean, you Google right nature, it should pop right up. Um, yeah, awesome. We definitely, I'll say this, we definitely are praying that the Lord will keep sending more people. Like he says that in Luke 10 too, he's like, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are a few. Pray to the Lord of the hardest to send out the workers. We just keep praying. So, um, you know, I'm sure you probably would love to have people too. So if you were listening, go work with Fast Life. Um, but if you want to move overseas as a missionary, um that's, that's one of the biggest, biggest undertakings that we're going to start taking on the beginning of probably 2023. Probably we're about a, 14 months out. We're actually in the process of setting up like a compound that will be a, uh, three, three different families could live there. And it'd be a residency program training up missionaries to move overseas into closed countries. So, um, nice. if you're a family or a married couple and you're like, dude, we want to move to where there's no Christians, like and guess what you get to just ride surfboards and skateboards and tell people about jesus like dream job you know like, <laughs> right re- re- reach out to us because we want to we i mean we've identified a bunch of places around the world where there's very little christians but there's a lot of surfers and a lot of skaters and um, we're like dude let's let's put some christians in the heart of those communities and uh, so Go make
0: disciples right Man, that's awesome. So that's uh, everybody follow Right Nature if you're interested in getting uh, signed up to do something huge for the kingdom of God. It sounds like there's great opportunities there. Uh, FastLifeMinistries.com, Fast Life Ministries on the social channels. Uh, like this episode, share this episode if you know somebody needs to hear it. Guys, the more people we share this with, the more we get God's word out. So we just thank you again, Mark, for joining us today. And uh, to all the listeners, God bless and have an amazing day. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast, please
1: send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit FastLifeMinistries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.